and welcome to CGMP News. For this noon hour, it's December 23rd on Friday. And we have a full house with you here. And I'm going to introduce everyone who's in the room. Uh, right now, the co-host to my left, Peter Harvey. Hello, good afternoon. Uh, we have a music DJ here today. Special uh, request, Roger Thorne, who's too far away from the mic to say hello. <laughs> we also have two guests here. And uh, I'll start with Russell Brewer. Russell is a local politician, he's an avid cyclist, and a registered professional forester. Hello, Russell. Thanks for inviting us. And I'm just going to continue with your bio before I introduce the next person who's here. Um, Russell is currently serving his second term on city council and is uh, is a liaison to the tourism department. Tourism, Powell River. Thank you. And serves as municipal director to the regional district board. He is the current president of the Powell River Métis Society, as well as president of the Powell River Cycling Association. And also joining us today in the studio is Eagle Walls. He's the co-founder of the Sunshine Coast Trail and the Paul River Parks and Wilderness Society, better known as PR Paws, and that was established in 1992. The Sunshine Coast Trail is the Canada's longest hut-to-hut tra- uh, hiking trail and encompasses some 180 kilometers from Sarah Point to Sultry Bay. And I believe Eagle also serves on the Tourism Paul River as well on the board. I do. Thank you very much. Well, thanks both for being here on this uh, Friday afternoon that most people are maybe away right now, uh, get ready for the holiday break. Appreciate that. Um, but we've got a lot of questions about this trails plan that is coming out. Um, it was, it was uh, received by the regional board on December 15th. It's, um, a, uh, it's a big packet, 20, 226 pages, and put together by a consulting firm out of Vancouver, um, who I now know as Brent Harley and Associates. Couldn't remember that last week. Out of Whistler. Out of Whistler. Oh, thank you, Russell. Glad you're here. <laughs> um, and um, this is a document that has received uh, public input um, through community meetings that we'll get to in a little bit. Um, it's also been um, put together through a number of stakeholders. And uh, if you're curious who is on that working committee, there's a list um, if you go to this draft plan on the regional board website. Um, and those include people who are um, on the Director of Parks and Recreation and Culture, um, a lot of uh, government positions, I would say. Yes. So anyways, uh, there's a bit of maybe... Yeah, the member- I'll just add to the membership. There's two reps from each of the three local governments. There was also the Rec Sites and Trails branch of the province was represented there mm-hmm. as well as Orug, the president of Orug was there. Orug is the outdoor recreation users group. Okay. Thank you, Russell. And we'll get more to who was involved and how they got involved in a little bit. Um, uh, there's a bit of controversy, if you would s- put it that way. Um, at the last two meetings, um, PR Paz has been in attendance at the regional board uh, meetings and um, felt they weren't able to say all what they wanted to say before this draft was put together. So. There was delegations there. Um, that's why I wanted to invite you both here. Mm-hmm. So I, I understand that um, Eagle, you are part of the board of the PR Paws. So you're representing that group. I am the president. Okay. Um, so I want to back up a few years because this plan has been in the works for a little while now. Um, can we start off with why do we need this plan and where did it begin? I'll, I'll back up if I can to, you might remember in 2010, a parks and green space plan was released for the for our region and a regional trails plan was one of the action items identified in that parks and green space plan some of the others include uh, backcountry access strategy uh, 
beachfront uh, access points, as well as a park acquisition strategy, which we've also heard about recently at Regional District, a couple delegations speaking to that. So Regional Trails Plan was one of the recommendations coming out of that in 2010. I've actually been working with Eagle and others on making representations to try to get a Regional Trails Plan established for this area for quite some time as well. We Together we made a delegation to the Regional District and the City back in 2011, I think it was, mm -hmm. requesting that they hire a trails coordinator of some kind, a parks and trails coordinator. We argued for the benefits of a regional trails plan. ORUG at that time was an ad hoc group that actually started earlier when when the IPPs and such started. Probably 15 years or that's so right. in existence. That's right. So that's when ORUG developed then to really deal with backcountry access and it's just recently that ORUG's been formalized as an actual society, kind of like the Lower Sunshine Coast's Sunshine Coast Trail Society, so an umbrella organization for a number of outdoor recreation user groups and trail user groups. So the Regional Trails Plan work started really in 2010, mm. and it's been the last two years really that it's really uh, been a concerted effort right. on the part it, of Regional District. It's about two years now that uh, this uh, new committee uh, that you referred to earlier, the Trails... Um, the trails working, uh, the working, the working, working group for the trails plan, and that's about uh, two years now. So, my question is, um, why why do we need this plan? Why is this important to set a plan in place right now? This is affecting 500 plus trails, I understand. So, what what is the need for a plan right, right now? now? If I can add to that, what's the purpose of the plan? The purpose, yeah. Why don't we list those? So, I've, I've written oh. them out here, and they're in the plan itself. Oh. And in you must be reading the same uh, probably yeah, Eagle and I'll <laughs> read out the same things here but in short the uh, a trails plan helps formalize trails it helps respond to a community's desire to improve trails and networks it'll recognize them help recognize them as an important tourism asset in some cases it'll help protect the environment where needed it's not all about increasing trail use. Sometimes you might need to close trails or rehab trails or, or relocate them. And importantly, in my mind, it'll help improve trailhead and staging areas, parking, maybe even washroom facilities, signage, classification, and, and standards for how trails are constructed and maintained. Um, I, perhaps I can uh, elaborate on that a little bit more. Uh, the... Uh, Trails uh, plan uh, really got going seriously when uh, the uh, the group from Whistler, uh, Brent Harley, uh, got hired, and uh, uh, public meetings were held uh, this uh, past May, and uh, there were uh, meetings held in uh, Lund. Slyaman or Tlaaman, uh, the city, Texada, and uh, also Lang Bay. Yeah. And uh, during that time, uh, they uh, took uh, information uh, from people, invited people to make make comment, and uh, they recorded it right then and there, mm -hmm. as. Uh, as well as doing a, a dot uh, dot democracy exercise, uh, 
uh, and uh, then they uh, they went away and uh, they did their thing and uh, uh, oh the other thing before they went away they also did a online community an survey. online survey that people could do and they had uh, a visual presentation wh where they had their project goals and objectives mm -hmm. and they're briefly to uh, guide the development and management of a sustainable trail network within the Powell River Regional District embracing the diversity of users and fostering social cultural health economic and environmental benefits across the region identifying create a variety and range of trails and trail systems mm -hmm. that act as primary quality of life experience and key amenity attributes. And then it goes into um, five objectives. And at the end, they have action items. And perhaps we can come back to those. Yes, let's, let's come back. I, Mike, I was just curious about why the, the impetus for this, because I'm wondering if who came up with this idea? Like, is this something that's happening in other places in BC? That Russell's shaking his head yes. Yeah, many regions in BC have trails plans in place. Okay. It, it's the province, Rec Sites and Trails in particular, likes to have trails plans in place. Really, One of the main reasons as well is through a trails plan, you can get trails authorized or established, meaning they're recognized by the province. They then become eligible for funding from various granting organizations. For maintenance. They're, exactly. They're also more formally recognized then in dealing with other resource users, mineral, forestry, uh, other advocates for other resource users. It gives a trail network more legitimacy, if you will. Okay. Um, and from the report, it it's says on page three, it's important to note that um, some of these trails are in Crown lands, um, also other private lands, a lot of mm -hmm. jurisdictional boundaries that are crossed here, especially on the Sunshine Coast Trail because it is so long. Um, but it says that um, a large portion of crown land in the PR regional district is, is forest land reserved for timber harvesting. So I'm wondering, does this create more value for the land that's there? So, or are we trying to increase um, yeah, like bargaining power when it comes time to talk to the forestry yes. companies? That's a fair point. I think it's one of the purposes, Eagle mentioned it and I did earlier, was that it helps recognize the trails as an important recreation asset, right. a okay. tourism asset, right? Mm -hmm. Particularly the Sunshine Coast Trail. We all know the value for the Sunshine Coast Trail as well as all the other trails. So it does give rec groups and the community some leverage in negotiations or interacting with other resource users. And I would add to that, uh, it also uh, gives the opportunity to um, use the forests uh, for different purposes, uh, such as uh, besides uh, harvesting uh, trees and uh, uh, putting a lot of people to work that way, uh, also uh, using the trees but uh, leaving some of them standing uh, that uh, then can be used into uh, working forest for tourism. So it's not just working forest for uh, harvesting but also for uh, using the resource. Uh, and over uh, there is studies that we're researching currently where uh, people are uh, suggesting or, or proving that uh, as much uh, money can be generated over an, 
60-year period of a rotation of a, a cut. Uh, with, uh, with logging, you have a one-time cut, and then uh, the, uh, the income is uh, delayed for 60 years. And uh, then with uh, tourism, you don't have as much income to begin with, but uh, you have a steady income over all those 60 years. And uh, we're suggesting by uh, protecting some of uh, the iconic trails that we have in Powell River and that we hope to have a couple more of, uh, some with wheels on them, uh, like a mountain bike uh, coast gravity type of thing. Uh, by doing that, we're also giving value to the forest base. Mm -hmm. The, the point about the Crown land, so a regional trails plan also speaks to the network that occurs on private land or, or land held by other agencies, not just the province. So it's important to help formalize those networks as well. And what it does is maybe give communities a bit of leverage in trying to negotiate access agreements with private landowners or help point uh, local government in a direction for what does make sense for park acquisition. So if a certain area has got a well-established network of trails on it, but it's private land, maybe it helps prioritize those areas for acquisition, right? Which is another piece of the Parks and Green Space Plan. So at, at the last two uh, regional board meetings, there was a complaint by PR Paws that they were not involved in the engagement process as they would have liked to have been. So I'm curious, um, how, was the pro how was the public process um, how did that go through? It happened in May of last year, mostly. Um, just curious, how, how was it set up? And I'm wondering why PR Paws does feel left out. Can you start with that question? Sure, also? I can start with that. The Eagle pointed to it, the number of workshops that the community was invited to attend. And I think somewhere between 250, 270 people attended those. There was the online mm -hmm. survey, of course. Org was represented at the working group for the steering committee, if you will. And then there, oh, there was also a workshop at Brooks. So they attended Brooks and spoke to That's the outdoor correct. school yes. and, and uh, the youth there, which was an important piece that was added okay. on. So there's, there's always a challenge there. And I think hopefully what we see out of this is perhaps we give another opportunity for people that spend a month digesting the plan, provide some feedback to the regional district that could be incorporated and then it could roll out again. The one point that was made at one of the meetings was Ideally, we'd like to move on forming a committee and potentially hiring a parks and trails coordinator position, but that has to happen in the budget cycle, which needs to be done by the end of March. So this has been going on for a while, and there's no question pause in their three delegations felt like they didn't have enough opportunity to provide some more feedback. So I'm hopeful what we'll see in January, February is another chance for individuals and groups to send information in on what they think might have been missed in the plan. I already heard from the some folks in the backcountry piece that there's a couple trails missing. And that's probably one of the biggest pieces of a regional trails plan is collating and collecting all that data where the trails are. Uh, yeah, that you mentioned there's over 500. You know, a lot of those might be connectors and small pieces. So really maybe more like 320 kind of distinct trails uh, and the rest of it are connectors. Well, that's a lot of trails. Uh, still, still a lot of trails. We've got, we're blessed here with a huge trail network. So I, I think a little bit of what's been missed in this whole process is how fortunate we are that we've got such a great network. I'm pretty excited that we've actually got a trails plan that we're 
close to potentially implementing some good recommendations that go back mm -hmm. to the same request Eagle and I made five years ago. Hopefully we get there through the budget cycle. Hopefully we have an opportunity to provide people another chance to send some feedback in. And then the final point I want to make on the plan is it's not a static plan. This isn't a final in that this is it. This is all we have. The plan even speaks to revisiting it every three to five years. I think it is. If there's you know, significant changes that need to happen, there's a lot that's changed even in the five years that, mm -hmm. that we've been working on at Eagle and I. Can you please talk, Eagle, about um, how you feel that you were or weren't involved in the process to make yes. this plan? Yes, uh, and uh, I should say it is not just uh, Powell River Parks and Wilderness Society that has felt that there hasn't been an opportunity to have input unless you were on the working group committee. Uh, and uh, so I will say since May... Uh, there has not been an opportunity to find out, and uh, well, I guess it's e unreasonable to uh, expect to find out early on, but we were hoping that in May, in, uh, at the beginning of uh, fall, like in September, October, we would have been able to uh, have a look at uh, a draft that was going on. Being the major stakeholder, uh, in uh, in tourism uh, in Powell River, uh, and with uh, the 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 largest um, uh, group uh, that attracts people to come uh, to Powell River with the facility of the Sunshine Coast Trail, we certainly thought we should have had the opportunity to sit on that committee. It is true that a uh, our chair at OREG sat on it but he couldn't possibly know all the ins and outs that someone does know about that resource uh, intimately uh, for 24 years. And uh, so uh, he wasn't able to convey everything that uh, we may have wanted to convey because we didn't really know what was in it, that nobody knew. And, for instance, there was a forester for... Uh, uh, who also had concerns and felt that as a, a major stakeholder that he should also have had the opportunity. We went separately, unbeknownst to ourselves, to uh, speak to the planner uh, and asked for uh, the opportunity to be a delegation uh, sometime in uh, late October, early November. Uh, and this is pause. And... Uh, the uh, planner told us, no, uh, we couldn't uh, see them uh, because if uh, they saw one group, then they would have to see all. And uh, I, you know, I, I thought, well, uh, that would be a good thing to, to have the people who have an interest in it have an opportunity to speak to it. Subsequently, um, we uh, we were told that uh, no, we couldn't have uh, a, a a delegation status, and and then uh, uh, I was told to uh, you know wait until the report came out and was accepted, but uh, that uh, that's not the way to go about it. I think the process, and I think we're getting to it now. But uh, if we hadn't spoken up, I I don't know that we might have gotten to it. 
we uh, approached the uh, regional district, uh, the uh, Committee of the Whole, uh, I think maybe uh, uh, almost a month later, and asked uh, if we could uh, get their support so that they would ask the committee, the working group committee, uh, if they uh, would uh, allow us to speak to them. And the uh, committee of the whole uh, passed that motion unanimously. And uh, that went, uh, and, and it, it, that, that motion ended with the uh, phrase, if, uh, what was the phrase again, Russell, if they wished, uh, if they wished, and I guess uh, the two uh, board members that, sit, uh, that sat on that committee, because it's now disbanded, uh, they interpreted that if the committee wanted to see them rather than if the uh, if the the groups wanted to see them, uh, but uh, looking back at uh, the uh, uh, the TV uh, program, it was uh, quite clear that uh, it was if the uh, community stakeholders wished to, they could appear before them, and uh, unfortunately, we never did, and I think probably. Uh, I should uh, uh, perhaps leave it at that because uh, it seems to me we're going to get the weather or a song. <laughs> uh, and I would like to, uh, because I'm not finished uh, with this sequence of events, and uh, I have a record of that if you know anybody is interested how that went. Yes, we're going to take a uh, break for a couple of minutes for a little bit of music and we'll be back with uh, Russell Brewer and Eagle Wolves and more to come. And I'll be also doing a little weather report for the area. You're listening to CJMP News here at CJMP 90.1 FM. Cantar alguém cá dentro Ai que desgraça 
esta sorte que me assiste Ai, mas que sorte eu viver tão desgraçada Na incerteza que nada mais certo existe Além da grande certeza de não estar certa de nada Ai, que saudade que eu tenho de ter saudade Saudades de ter alguém que aqui está e não existe Sentir-me triste só por me sentir tão bem Alegre sentir-me bem só por eu andar tão triste Ai, que saudade que eu tenho de ter saudade Saudades de ter alguém que aqui está e não existe Sentir-me triste só por me Welcome back. Uh, you're tuned in to CJMP 90.1 FM and live streaming at cjmp.ca. This is the CG, 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 the CG News Hour, <laughs> the CJMP News Hour. We have uh, Russell Brewer and Eagle Walsh in the studio with us right now. And uh, just a brief interlude. I'm going to give you an update on the weather. So the current conditions in Powell River are two degrees centigrade. Uh, the conditions are mostly cloudy, pressure 100.3 kilopascals, tendency is falling, whatever the hell that means. No, that means for the pressure. Uh, visibility 81 kilometers out there and uh, looks like for the next couple of days, Saturday and Sunday, which is great, is um, sun and cloud. There you have it. Over to you, Peter. <laughs> okay, just to shift gears a little bit, and I must confess I haven't read the report. Uh, and for the benefit of our listeners who also who haven't, who are the different parties who are involved in using the trails? Uh, if, if one of you could just speak to who they are and why is it important that they all have equal access to the trail? Yeah, and I'm going to shift gears back a little bit before I get to that. Uh, just to speak to the issue of being afforded an opportunity to make presentations, Eagle did in fact manage to make three delegations to regional district which was great so they did have a chance to speak to what what their concerns were I think finally what we heard on the third delegation was the real request was they want to change the status of the Sunshine Coast Trail from a, a multi-use non-motorized trail to a single-use trail for hiking only on single track sections wanted to make that point the other one was in terms of concerns on the part of forestry tenure operators any change in status of a trail if it's going to get authorized or established needs to go to rec sites and trails bc which is the province and then that has to go through a consultation engagement protest uh, process particularly with first nations and and other stakeholders and then third i just want to make the point that the plan as it's drafted doesn't call for a change in status for the Sunshine Coast Trail. There was a bit of a misconception out there that it was somehow being changed from a hiking only trail to a multi-use, multi-user, motorized trail even, and that's not the case. The Sunshine Coast Trail is currently designated as a multi-use, non-motorized trail. Wanted to make that point. Now you're getting to your question now, to change gears back. <laughs> 
the members, what are the different rec groups that use yes. the trails? Yes. There's quite a few. There's hiking groups, bomb squads out there, Power River Cycling Association. There's a couple horse yeah, groups. ATV. Uh, ATV, Powell River ATV Club. There's um, a hiking group. There's a running group. You can even Snow pull in there. Exactly. Uh, Snowshoeing, backcountry, hiking. I think we got. Uh, we even include in the plan one of the things that came out in the process early was kayaking uh, entry points. So The canoe so route. The, uh, the canoe route, obviously. So there's quite a few, and it's I can't remember what page it's on now, but a number of the groups are listed there as well as what groups make up the Outdoor Recreation Users Group. Okay. Um, well, what I heard as a concern from um, one of the volunteer groups at the delegation on the last two weeks, I, I admit that those were the only regional district meetings I've ever been to um, because I, I just don't have time to go to all of them, but um, usually the city. Anyways, um, what I was hearing, though, uh, was from this group is that a lot of these trails are volunteer built and maintained. Um, so once these trails are legitimized through this plan, who will maintain the trails? I, I understand it's the regional district, or are they trying to encourage in volunteers to stay engaged? Um, but I'm wondering if, if groups feel like they're not being consulted. Do you, do you see a conflict here? Well, if I could step back to and uh, add a little bit to what uh, Russ just uh, mentioned to begin with. Uh, yes, uh, we've been uh, marketing and using the Sunshine Coast Trail as, uh, well, lately, uh, the uh, uh, Canada's longest hut-to-hut hiking trail with uh, 12 free huts on it. And... Uh, we actually uh, don't want the whole trail as a hiking trail uh, only. Uh, we only want to have a hiking uh, trail only in the areas that we have built by hand. There are certain sections that are old roads, uh, mostly in the uh, Tin Hat, Elk Lake, March Lake, uh, and uh, I brought a map along, maybe uh, a wrestle. We can wrestle afterwards as to uh, <laughs> what, what we'll do. Eagle uh, had me in a headlock <laughs> earlier. During that song, yes. <laughs> uh, and, and so uh, I, I just want to say uh, it, it has been used by ATVs and mountain bikers, and uh, those uh, uh, multi-use uh, areas will... Uh, if uh, things go as uh, we hope, uh, be uh, continue to be used by the same uh, user groups. But we do wish uh, to apply to government to have the sections of the Sunshine Coast Trail that we built uh, as a uh, single-use hiking trail for some economic, spiritual, and uh, uh, also... Um, yeah, uh, societal purposes, but we'll talk about that later, perhaps. So you want to keep the, you want to maintain, or it seems like, I thought the Sunshine Coast Trail was a single-use trail, hiking only, but apparently not. I didn't know there were sections you could ride on it. I've tried, but it's failed because it's more hikeable than yes. bikeable. Um, not many. The, the majority <laughs> of the single-track portions of the Sunshine Coast Trail are not ridden. And they're, no. they're not 
favorable for riding. They don't get no. a lot of use. Yeah. There's yeah. there's a couple sections that are and have been for probably 20 years or more. Well, and there's yeah. sections of the Sunshine Coast Trail that are trails that were built prior to Paws and, and others. There's a number of trails that have been pieced together. And I completely understand Eagle's concerns and others. They're worried about being overrun by people who like to ride bikes. And that's that's not the case. That's not going to happen here. I think there's lots of room to share all the trails in the network. I just want to speak to the volunteer piece, the question you had on volunteers, because there was a concern expressed somehow that the the volunteer effort and the work on the trails is going to be taken away from groups, but that's not the case. And what we've been hearing from the groups and going back to the delegation Eagle and I made five years ago was that we'd like some assistance from local government in helping the local organizations maintain and establish the trails. So it's it would it's not that the regional district would take over that function. It's that it would lend support. If there was a coordinator in place to help them do that, they could help with the application to get the trails authorized or established, maybe help in seeking funding for particular projects. It's Squamish has that in place, for example, and other jurisdictions increasingly are putting in place a regional trails coordinator type position to help the local groups. So a lot of the trails that were created by one of the groups, say, say the cycling group would, would continue to maintain their own trails and just hopefully maybe with signage or, or what, what kind of support do you envision that that you'd like to have uh, support with helping get signage put out there support with helping make applications to get trails established authorized support in helping liaise between the different rec groups and, and revisiting the trails plan on an ongoing basis uh, the other big piece that the trails plan would try and identify and if the regional district took on some ownership if you will not ownership but coordinating and helping is with the liability indemnification for different groups working on trails because that's a big piece and it's a big concern for some groups well why yes. oh, go ahead eagles uh, uh, it's uh, perhaps unfortunately uh not correct that there will not be more people on the trail uh, we have been working uh, in the last half dozen years or so since uh uh, we've had the opportunity to build the huts with a lot of com community input, with a, with a lot of uh, people helping out uh, in funding, uh, and uh, ICT, the Island Coastal Economic Trust, uh, provided uh, together uh, uh, two two paws together with the school district and the model community for the disabled. Uh, about $3.2 million project that uh, was meant to help diversify the uh, struggling coastal uh, economy, the local Powell River economy. And since then, uh, we've uh, come to realize that we've got something very unique here. Uh, in, uh, uh, in other words, the brand of the uh, unique selling proposition brings people here because it is not a multi-use trail by and large because it is a single-use trail it attracts people from all over the world now and we and our vision is that we 
at some point in the next two to five years, will catch up to uh, uh, BC's uh, most popular trail, the uh, West Coast Trail. And they're capped at uh, 10,000 visitors a year. Uh, we're around between two and 3,000 now. And uh, we've been growing at a 20 to 25% rate a year. And uh, with that, uh, we will be reaching, uh, you do the math, uh, I'm kind of weak on that. Uh, well, here's Mr. <laughs> Finance over here. Okay, <laughs> how long? Just, well, this is, this is a trick question. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm, I'm told, uh, depends on how it goes, uh, we will have maybe as many as 10,000 people and we probably don't want any more yeah. than that either. But we want a whole bunch of people, as many uh, people coming and experiencing the other facilities that we have. And, and uh, he's, he's had the chance to go first every, in, in every time. So I uh, request uh, sincerely to give me the opportunity to say that I want to work together with the, the biking group. Because if we, can, if we can have another iconic trail like the Sunshine Coast Trail that is drawing thousands, it is now, uh, the, the biking uh, group is not far behind, you know. Uh, and I think there's an opportunity to build an iconic trail. Uh, there are a number of opportunities, but we have the community forest. Uh, and... Uh, uh, Russell, uh, you're you're a, a counselor and you, you have input, uh, and uh, I, I know that uh, to have the community forest has been a, a huge, a huge deal for Powell River, but certainly also recreation and tourism, and we are very thankful for that. And I want to say we want a uh, mountain bike gravity trail or a mountain bike gravity route park uh, park gravity park yes and it'll be powell river style because the one that is so totally successful in seashelt uh, and wonderful uh it's different in that uh it's got well i guess we could get private enterprise to do it too you never know that's that's a model yeah. that would probably work well yeah. here yeah. there's there's lots of opportunity for a gravity park here Although Gravity Park's just one piece of the cycling That's spectrum right. for yep. recreation. We're fortunate in that we've got a real diverse trail network here for all kinds of rec users. The Duck Lake area is a great area for hiking and classic cross-country mountain biking, if you will. Mm -hmm. That's and, and the other thing is we're fortunate where you can ride and recreate here year round there's not a lot of places in mm -hmm. canada and even bc that have that opportunity mm -hmm. and a lot of that uh, those duck lake trails are in the community forest is that correct that's correct yeah. community forest as well as the duck lake protected area which is actually a protected area okay so um we'll maybe continue talking i know we said we we're going to cut this off at 12 40 maybe just a few more minutes um first have a, a song here from roger <laughs> i'm not going to personally sing not yet anyway <laughs> <laughs> Here we go. Give me some gold 
the movie we made that was all right too but uh that much is true but the new one is called loud you know play your groove and play it loud and jump back and do the boogaloo and things you know kind of go back and reminisce a little bit reminds me i'm looking over my left shoulder i'm digging that jones you know the guy used to play so much alto and piano drums and everything did everything hey, and that do your thing over there so we can get ready to get down. You want to say a few words on that? You ready for it? Yeah, you, you ready, brother? The go power thing. Can you tell everybody to get us on in there? Get to get on in there? Right on there. Well, like, like, you know, like, like boost your thing. Get your thing up, you know, a little groovy. Keep on. Hit it. Hit it. Hit the floor. Hey, hit the floor now, Jones. Yeah, the band doing that thing. You come on over here and get into it. Come on. The football. <laughs> The funky football. Do it! That band show is singing too. Hit it! Hit it! Hit it! Okay, and we are back. You're listening to CJMP News. And we are here with guests uh, Eagle Walsh and Russell Brewer. And we're talking about the Regional Trails Plan draft that was released last week and that will has not been accepted yet. There's a bit more time for public input. I'm curious if there is, though, public input between now and then, there's going to be meetings or... I think that was a question that people were asking, too. So do people get in touch with the Regional District if they want to say more about this yeah. idea? There we go, Mike's live. Yeah, I think what'll happen is there'll probably be something put out, a press release or something on the website, and uh, the regional district will push the information out so people know what's going on. Okay, so I, I just want to summarize what's going on. Um, I mean, we've, there's a lot to this, um, but I think the main issue is that Sunshine Coast Trail, um, it's a long trail, it's got a, a legacy here now, um, and you want to keep, you want to have as a designation uh, Eagle as a, as a single-use trail, a walking trail mm -hmm. only. Um, so I think I just want to make that clear that right now, according to this report, I, I didn't know. I, I need that. to I need to interject there, please. Okay. Uh, and that is a single-use hiking trail, and in brackets, with some exceptions. Okay. Where it's on those roads, etc. The exceptions are multi-use designations. Yes, okay. it, it would be for those few sections. Okay, um, I'm just curious from the regional district point of view. Why is it important that the Sunshine Coast Trail embrace this multi-use designation the whole way through? Is, is that what it is? It and I think you have to be careful that that wouldn't be the regional district's view or perspective. That's isn't that um, who's BC rec sites and trails? You think? Yeah. So the yeah. isn't that who put together the report though for the trails plan? The well, the community as a whole, perhaps, is what you mean there. Okay. So not regional sure. district, as in the local government. But the community, I think what if folks get a chance to read the report, it's huge. There's a whole bunch of collation of all the input on, on the back and the appendices. 
And that really reflects well the range of comments and feedback that was received through all the workshops well, and the online process. Something that uh, Chair uh, Director Patrick Brabazon said last night was that the Powell River Regional Board will own the trails plan. So I just, I thought, I want to make that clear too. That's yeah, it is a regional district initiative for sure, but the, the, the plan is the community's plan, of course. So w why is it important that um, all the trails are multi-use trails then? Because I think that Eagle... Well, to me, I, I, I don't agree with that uh, point of view at all. I think there needs to be a balance. Well, I was just going to say, I, I think you've uh, identified the SCT trail as one that could be single use, and there's yes. other trails in the district that are for bikes better than hiking, right? So I, I'm curious, what is what is the need to have this all these trails designated as multi-use? I think I, I, do, I don't really know, but uh, I'll ask Russell. I think yeah. we've been fortunate in this region that the majority of our trails are multi-use. We don't have a lot of conflicts, if if many at all, and a lot of those portions of trails where there might be conflicts or perceptions of conflicts can be managed through signage, through agreements between groups, through encouraging awareness of just respectful trail use, acknowledging you know, International Mountain Bike Association and Hiking Association's guidelines around how trails should be used when you encounter other users. It's not just a discussion of hikers versus people who like to ride bikes. There's horses out there as well. There's motorized out there. So you need to manage the expectations of the different groups and the users that are out there. It's like any group of trail users. You can't account for every single user that's out there, but you can try and do your best as an organization to, to encourage proper trail use. Yeah, I, I would like to add that uh, Pierre Paz has um, an agreement with the uh, BC Recreation Sites and Trails in a Section 50 de 56 designation, and it is with BC Rec Sites and Trails okay. that we have an agreement. We don't have an agreement with the uh, regional district. We just wanted to participate because we've been a part of uh, supporting and building trails in this community, not just the Sunshine Coast Trail, uh, and uh, we want to continue to be able to do that. And I, I really think we need to help uh, if the uh, biking uh, group, uh, mountain biking group, uh, so wishes us to, per to participate. We would like to help in build an iconic uh, trail system that uh, will attract people from all over the world by the thousands as well. They're doing great with a BC bike race. That could happen uh, more often in the year or whatever kind of use that you envision. Uh, that That's totally up to you. But I do want to say uh, Slyamen, uh, Tlamen has uh, uh, in... Um, in, well, designated a uh, single-use hiking trail for the section that is the Marathon Shuffle, basically, from Malaspina Road uh, to uh, this side of uh, Scout Mountain. And so that's uh, a hiking trail. Uh, okay. And that's yeah. it's important Single to use. add. Um, a lot of these trails are within Tlaamen Nation lands. And mm -hmm. um, I have gotten in touch with Kathy Galagos, who is the director of... Um, 
the resources and lands there. And she's going to come on in January and actually have her own show because uh, that's a big topic in itself. Um, but she did write, uh, just got a minute left, um, just to just make it clear, Thlaamin Nation is okay to have the trails that cross through Thlaamin lands to remain there. However, we are not authorizing or legit legitimizing the trails on our land. Uh, they are simply already there but crossed through private lands. We are very clear that if we are going to develop an area on Thlaamin lands and there is a trail there, the trail will have to go, unfortunately. So she wanted to make that clear, even though she couldn't be here today. Um, but this is such a complicated issue. Um, we just scratched the surface, as you said, and we're going to have to go and leave it there. But definitely there will be more conversation in the future, sounds like. Great. So thank, thank you both for being here today. Thanks again for having us. Well, thank yes. you very much, Thanks. and um, Merry Christmas and yes. a Happy New Year Joyeux to you. Joyeux Noël. Feliz Navidad. Et bon fête. Et bonne heureuse année. And Hanukkah. Hanukkah tomorrow. <laughs> I'm not sure what happened there. I'm not sure what happened there, but uh, we're just here with Chris McDonough right now, and uh, music somehow just stopped there. Um. <laughs> so, just listen to the sounds of silence, CJMP. <laughs> Okay, so on plan B, listen to Chris, more Christmas music. Okay, so we are back. We are here with Chris McDonough. Hi, Carrie. <laughs> Hi, Chris. <laughs> <laughs> and um, we're talking about Villa Soccer again, because uh, Villa Soccer is a sponsor of CJMP News. And have the guys been playing recently? I think uh, they have. So we're at the uh, midway uh, sort of winter break time for Villa. So we last played a few weeks ago. And now we're off until, um, uh, I believe, the 22nd of January. Um, so we currently sit uh, in 8th uh, place out of 9 teams. Um, and, uh, yeah, I have, have uh, 6 games left in the season in the new year. So, 
And uh, who are the opponents? Like, are they particularly tough teams, or uh, um, do you anticipate being victorious? Uh, we've got <laughs> of four course. of those games are at home, so that, that's, a, that's a big advantage for yeah. us. Uh, we do play Cowichan and West Castle, two of the top teams. Um, and we do have uh, Vic West as well, which is another top team. But, uh, you know, we've had some decent results at home. Uh, so we, we uh, hope to kind of cement our place in Division Two for next year by, uh, you know, getting some results at home and hopefully getting some results on the road too. Do you usually get a pretty good turnout uh, for people at home to come on and share the, the yeah, team? Yeah, we, we've had... Uh, We've had a good uh, good attendance this year, especially in the early part of the season. I think we had a few games over uh, 100 fans. So, um, and as the winter comes, it's you know a little bit less since we don't have any covered stands or anything like that. But um, you know, uh, for these these final games, I think we'll get some, some uh, good attendance out. Okay, and uh, I don't often go to Villa games. In fact, I. I I don't think I've ever been to one. But if I was to pick one Let's of the upcoming honest. games, which one do you think would be the most entertaining? Um, you know, looking at the schedule, we play Nanaimo United, uh, I think, early February. And uh, we're currently just one point behind them, so, okay. so that'll be a big relegation battle yeah, game. Yeah, a lot of meaning to that game. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And okay. they, um, you know, they're kind of a rival, so... Okay. And there's also a uh, charity soccer game uh, on Boxing Day uh, that Villa's involved in um, at uh, Brooks Field, uh, 1.30 p.m. at Boxing Day. It's the Steve Steele uh, Memorial Game, which uh, he's a former organizer and player here in town. And um, it's, this game's been going on f since the 60s. So it's, uh, okay. it's sort of a winter tradition. Uh, here in Powerverse, so if anybody's around on uh, Box Day and wants to see some soccer, uh, Brooks Field at 1.30. Okay. okay. Well, thanks very much for coming in. I think that's all the time we've got for today. Can I ask one more oh, question? Oh. <laughs> um, just, I heard about the soccer club. Is there a, like a some kind of fundraising party or something coming up um, at the place across from Timberlane, or is this yeah, hush we, hush? We have a we have a clubhouse there, and, and there's uh, a, a plan that works to maybe have uh, some fundraising events, music uh, events. So uh, that'll probably come out maybe on our next visit, Carrie. <laughs> Good. Okay. All right. All right. Well, thanks for coming yes, in. Thanks for coming in. And thanks for being here, Peter and Roger. And Roger, yes, and to our our other in studio guests who we've already acknowledged, but uh, Russell and that again and Eagle, Eagle. Walls. Yeah. Good of them to come in on the day before, the day before Christmas, yes. and speak to us. And I think hopefully we've got some nice Christmassy music to do as an outro. And uh, because next coming up very soon is Rabbitai, who is here in the studio, and he'll be doing his show One Thousand Tiny Magnets. Undoubtedly with a Christmas theme, but I, I, I'm just guessing. I haven't spoken with him to find out. So, Merry Christmas, Paul River. All right. See you next week.